And go in your Bible, please, to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. Vamos a ir a Hebreos, capítulo 11, esta noche. And we're going to read one verse of scripture to start with, 11.34. Vamos a leer el capítulo 11, verso 34, esta noche. As I was praying about what to share with you tonight, I felt the Lord speaking directly to people who are weary uh, with the season that we are in. Mientras yo oraba sobre esta noche, que es lo que el Señor quisiera hablar a nuestro corazón, yo sentí que el Señor quiere hablar a personas que están cansadas o desmayando con la época en la cual estamos viviendo. No one can blame you for being, being weary with this pandemic. Nadie lo culpa por estar cansado de este, de este momento en el cual estamos viviendo. I'm uh, with you. Yo estoy con usted. Todos creo que ya quisiéramos que las cosas estuvieran normal. I think all of us just want things to be normal again. Say amen, somebody. But you know, God has a message for us in that because he tells us not to become weary and well-doing. And so while we go through this season... We have a divine instruction, a divine imperative that hasn't changed. The mission of the church does not change because its circumstances change. The mission of the church must go on. The commission to preach the gospel, to win the lost, to bring people the hope that is found in Christ. That didn't change because of COVID. And it won't disappear because of COVID. The church marches on. When I was a little boy, my grandparents would listen to a radio program every night called Pentecost Marches On. And the church marches on through every season of life. And so I want to encourage you tonight not to be weary in well-doing. The Bible says in due season you will reap if you faint not. Tell your neighbor, faint not. So I know you get tired of wearing a mask. And, you know, this week I, I heard a news program about now that everything's too clean. They said, now we're killing all the good bacteria. And I said, well, you know, I just don't know anymore what to do. They tell me to wash my hands and disinfect and ha use hand sanitizer. Then they say, you're killing all the good bacteria now. At the end of the day, we have to look to God. Say amen, somebody. And the Bible here in this particular chapter gives us a long and storied history of people who walked by faith. And verse 32 begins a summation uh, because the, the chapter tells us it would take a long time to tell everybody's story. But it's a summation then of the, of the various things God did through the life of faith of the believer And in verse 34, it says that they quenched the power of fire. You remember that Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were delivered from the fiery furnace. And it says they escaped from the edge of the sword. From weakness were made strong, becoming mighty in war, putting foreign armies to flight. I want to focus on that right now 
uh, as we deal with this idea of not growing weary, how to become how to become strong from the midst of weakness. Vamos a hablar esta noche de cómo ser fuerte desde la debilidad. The Bible says here that from weakness they were made strong. I want you to shout that with me tonight. I was made strong. Isn't that good news? Dice la escritura que ellos fueron hechos fuerte desde la debilidad. They became mighty in war and put foreign enemies to flight. Now those words are very important tonight that they be, that they became mighty and they were made strong because it implies that they were not so already. They were not already mighty. They were made mighty. And they were not already strong. They were made strong. Jesus told his disciples, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Aren't you glad that God is a maker? God will make you what you're not. He'll make you strong when you're weak. He'll make you a fisher of men when you're not. He'll make you a preacher when you're not. He'll make you a person of faith and uh, resilience. Even if that's not already who you are, as you walk in faith, walk by faith, God will make something out of you. And tonight I want to deal specifically with that be, uh, being made strong from the midst of weakness. Father, we thank you for your word, which is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. I pray that that double-edged sword of the word would penetrate the needs and issues of every one of our life, and that you would address those things which our heart so needs to hear tonight. I pray that you would speak to us by the power of your word, by the anointing of the Spirit. I ask that you would allow the anointing to rest upon my lips of clay. And that you would he allow this congregation to receive the word in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody say amen. Say again, I am strong. The Bible here talks about the fact that throughout the history of the Bible, there were people who were weak but were made strong. It says, out of weakness, they were made strong. La Biblia aquí habla de personas que desde la debilidad fueron hechas Fuertes. And I want to look at a few of those cases tonight as we uh, lay out some ways or some points that are points of responsibility in every one of our life so that we can know how to become strong out of weakness. Everybody has some kind of weakness or another. Todos tienen alguna debilidad o otra. And maybe sometimes... The season you're in provokes a certain kind of weakness. Quizá a veces la época en la cual vivimos está, uh, está confrontando cierta forma de, de debilidad. That's probably uh, one of the reasons why this pandemic is wearying so many people is because it uh, tends to point out weakness. Esta epidemia, esta pandemia... Uh, ha causado o ha mostrado la, la, la debilidad de muchos. Entonces, la, la, a veces el hombre tiene debilidades y a veces la circunstancia por la cual él pasa también tiene debilidades. And so God has promised us that he will give us what we need in order to, or the grace we need in order to confront the circumstance that we're in in order to do the thing he's called us to do, 
And tonight, as we read his word, we see a clear promise here that if we will walk by faith, we will, out of weakness, be made strong. So how do we do that? Well, I want you to look at a few things with me tonight. First of all, in order to become strong out of weakness, you must confess strength. Para ser hecho fuerte de la debilidad, uno tiene que confesar la fuerza. The weak must confess strength. El débil tiene que confesar, debe confesar fuerza. Joel chapter 3 verse 10, Joel capítulo 3 verso 10 dice, Diga el débil fuerte soy. Joel 3.10 says, Let the weak say, I am strong. So let's say that tonight. Say it out loud. I am strong. God's word invites us, even commands us to confess strength. La palabra de Dios aquí nos demanda o nos manda a confesar la fuerza. The Bible here, if you read the passage, it's, it's a prophetic passage related to the final battle in which the nation of Israel will be saved by the power of God. Este pasaje bíblico se relata proféticamente a la última batalla en la cual el pueblo de Israel va a ser salvo por el poder de Dios. And there's a parallel in Zechariah chapter 12 verse 8 and Zacarías capítulo 8, perdón, capítulo 12 verso 8, hay un paralelo and there the Bible says, speaking of the same battle, he who is feeble among them at that day shall be as David. Dice ahí que el que es débil entre ellos en ese día de esa gran batalla será como David. And so prophetically, God speaks over the nation of Israel and he says, when you get to that final battle, when the whole world is turned against the nation of Israel, trying to destroy her, God says, I am going to bring strength out of weakness. And he says, the weakest one among you will be like David. Well, we know what David was like, right? He was a warrior. Sabemos quién era David. Él era un, uh, un hombre de guerra, un hombre de fuerza. Now, he was not necessarily the biggest man or the tallest man, but he was a warrior. And God says that the feeblest or the weakest member of that army will be like David. And so that's a, a prophetic passage, but it speaks to every one of us as the, as the children of God. That God says to you, when you are in a battle, when you are in a confrontation with the enemy, when you are striving to be more than you are, to do greater works for God, you must confess that you are strong. And God says, I'll show up in your life and the weakest member of my church will be like David. Say amen, somebody. The weakest member of the body of Christ has the strength of a warrior. In fact, one translation translates Joel chapter 3 verse 10. Let the weak say, I am a warrior. And so tonight, now that is one of the important factors here. Uh, as we study the word of God and we think about how can I become strong from the midst of weakness, from weariness, from the wearying of this season, uh, God invites you to fill your mouth with His Word. Dios te invita a llenar tu boca con su palabra. And what are you going to say? You're going to say, I am strong. ¿Qué debo decir? Yo soy fuerte. Say it again. I am strong. 
One more time. I am strong. Say it the third time. I am strong. Tomorrow morning when you face a challenge, what are you going to say? I am strong. Oh, I don't know if I can make it. I don't know if I'm going to survive. No, you don't say that. You say, I am strong. The Bible says, we call those things that be not as though they were. God has put power in your mouth. Dios ha puesto poder en tu boca. Para que usted y yo podamos declarar las cosas que no son como si fueran. Así que es nuestra responsabilidad confesar que somos fuertes. Que tenemos la habilidad de hacer las cosas que Dios demanda de nosotros. God has given you that responsibility to fill your mouth with his word. He says to you and to me there's power of life and death in your tongue. So God has put within us a responsibility to declare, to confess uh, his strength in our life. And uh, the, the scriptures are so clear about this that salvation comes through confession. The Bible says you confess with your mouth Jesus Christ is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. So salvation comes through that same means of speaking and agreeing with God. How many of you agree with God tonight? So when you see the, the frailties of your human condition and you see the weakness even in your inner man, you should confess, I am strong. You have what it takes to do the will of God. Say amen, somebody. Usted tiene lo que usted necesita para hacer la voluntad de Dios. Number two, in order to find or to be made strong out of weakness, you must recognize the hidden advantages to weakness. Para poder recibir fuerza de la debilidad, usted tiene que reconocer los beneficios de su debilidad. You say, Pastor, is there possible? Is it possible that I have advantages in my weakness? What could possibly be a benefit to me? Out of my weakness. ¿Cuál podría ser el beneficio de mi, de mi debilidad? Well, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. Look, mire, segunda de Corintios, capítulo 12, verso 9. The Bible says there, Paul speaking, When I am weak, then I am strong. Dice Pablo ahí, Cuando soy débil, entonces fuerte soy. Now let's look at, at the rest of that context. Give me verse 9 again, please. It says, he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I would rather boast about my weakness, so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Paul is speaking about the fact that he comes to God, and he says to the Lord, Lord, I have this thorn in my flesh. There is this provoking, buffeting messenger of Satan. I want you to take him out of my life. And how many times have you asked God to take a weakness out of your life? And God said, I'm not going to take that problem out of your life. I am going to give you my grace so that you can experience my power in your weakness. Say amen, somebody. Now, verse 10, if you would. Ahora el verso 10. It says, therefore, I will contend uh, with weakness, with insults, with distress, with persecutions, 
with difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Let's say that together. When I am weak, then I am strong. Now look, that's only true if the grace of God is filling your weakness. Because if you're weak, you're weak. But if you're weak and the grace of God is filling your weakness, then you are strong. And so, uh, give me verse 10 up there once again. Vamos a ver el verso 10 una vez más. Look at what Paul is dealing with. He's dealing with weakness. He's dealing with insults. He's dealing with distress. That means lots of pressure. Uh, how many of you have experienced some pressure lately? Persecution. There's somebody out to get him, out to destroy him. And he's dealing with difficulties. In other words, there would be calamities. Hard times. Guess what? Not a whole lot has changed, has it, in the last 2,000 years. The believer still has to contend with these things. And these things result in exposing our weaknesses. Estas cosas nos uh, uh, exponen nuestra debilidad, la debilidad del insulto, la presión, la persecución, las dificultades. Y en todo esto Pablo, Pablo hizo, en todo esto, cuando todo esto está sobre mí, la gracia de Dios llena mi debilidad y ahí yo encuentro la fuerza de Dios para poder decir cuando soy débil, fuerte soy. So there are some hidden advantages to your weakness. Hay unas ventajas, unas, uh, unos beneficios a tu debilidad. Here's one of them. Is that when you and I are weak, our, our weakness forces our dependence upon God. Nuestra debilidad for, forza nuestra dependencia sobre Dios. Your weakness, my weakness, has a tendency of driving us to God. When Paul had this, this issue in his life, this thorn in his flesh, when he had these difficulties, these insults, these persecutions, these distressing situations, what did it do? It pushed him toward God. Now, probably all of us in here have a testimony of how a trial brought us nearer to God. So don't curse the trial anymore. Because whether it was a difficult or, or, or shameful or, or discouraging in that moment, if it brought you closer to God, it became a benefit in your life. And it became that, that influence in your life to push you toward God. And listen, when our heart depends exclusively upon God, a door opens up for God's power to show up in our life. Cuando nuestro corazón depende exclusivamente de Dios, lo que ocurre en esa situación es que se abre una puerta para el poder de Dios en nuestra vida. God told Paul, uh, the Lord told Paul, he said, I'm going to give you my grace. His weakness opened up a door, his dependence on God opened up a door for the grace of God to move in. And to empower him to do the thing he couldn't do on his own. Here's the next benefit. Aquí está otro beneficio. And that is humility. Humility is often the result of weakness. 
Otro de, las, otro de los beneficios escondidos de la debilidad es la humildad. How many of you have ever experienced that your weakness has made you humble? Look at verse 7, if you would. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. Mire ahí, segunda de Corintios 12, verso 7. Paul says there, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelation, for this reason, to, to keep me from exalting myself, there was given to me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from exalting myself. Paul, uh, Paul said, look, God allowed me to do some extraordinary things. Uh, 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 just about half of your New Testament was written by the Apostle Paul. You think that might give someone a big head? How many books did you write in the Bible? But Paul didn't have a big head. In fact, he said that he went into heaven. He had the revelation of, of being able to enter into the third heaven. He said, whether I was in the body or out of the body, I don't know. But I was in heaven. You think that would give somebody a big head? Sure would. In, uh, in Acts chapter... 11, I believe it is. He was stoned and left for dead. And then he got up and kept preaching. You think that would leave, give somebody a big head? Sure, Paul was the man. And yet there was a weakness in his life. There was a frailty in his life. There was a, a chink in his armor. And he, he comes to God and, he, and God won't remove it. But what he revealed to him was that, that he had allowed that in his life in order to keep him from exalting himself Above measure. In other words, our weaknesses keep us with our feet on the ground. Nuestras debilidades a veces nos causan que nuestros pies se mantengan en, el, en la tierra. Produces humility before God and men. Esto produce humildad delante de Dios y los hombres. Often I'm asked... When I'm teaching on the gifts of the Spirit, Pastor Isaac, is it possible for one person to have all of the gifts of the Spirit? There are 18 different gifts of the Spirit spoken about in the, in the New Testament. Uh, muchas veces me preguntan, uh, Pastor Isaac, ¿será posible que alguien tenga todos los dones? Uh, y hay 18 dones que se hablan en el Nuevo Testamento. And I believe, although there are scholars, of course, who disagree with me, but I believe that God has not ever given any person all of the gifts. And, and uh, maybe every person, some people have experienced a manifestation of the gift from time to time. But here's the thing. If you have all the gifts, you don't need me. And if I have all the gifts, I don't need you. But he said that he gave to each one the gifts that were necessary to build up the body. So I have something you don't have. You have something I don't have. Where I'm weak, I come to you to find strength, to find a gift. And that's the third benefit of being able to, uh, of our weakness, is that we learn the value of other people in the body of Christ. Cuando hay debilidad en nuestra vida, tenemos que depender de la, de la fuerza de alguien más de los dones de alguien más por eso no creo que Dios le da todos los dones a una persona porque si yo los tengo todos no los necesito a usted entonces él me dio a mí algunos dones y a otros no para que cuando uh, yo lo mire a usted yo encuentre valor en esta, en esta comunión que tenemos entre el pueblo del Señor 
And you learn the value of others when you realize, I can't do this. When, when you realize, look, I'm not good with money, you learn the value of an administrator. Amen, somebody. When you realize that I'm not a preacher, you learn the value of the preacher. And those different gifts that God has put in the body of Christ are to build up one another in this most holy faith. The fourth benefit, hidden benefit of our weakness is that it gives us an opportunity for personal growth. El cuarto, el cuarto beneficio de uh, la debilidad de nuestra vida es que esto produce una oportunidad para el crecimiento personal. Your weaknesses will often become an opportunity for growth. Nuestras debilidades muchas veces se forman en una oportunidad para el crecimiento. And so, uh, you and I shouldn't run away from our weakness, but we should say, you know what, if I'm strong, then God can teach me how to do this. God can teach me how to accomplish this goal that he's put in my heart, how to reach this dream that he's put in my heart, how to, how to uh, uh, achieve this thing that he has established in my life. And, and if you and I will, will understand that every time there's a weakness, every time we come up against a hurdle in our life, that God has put within us the capabilities uh, to be able to grow, to learn, and to become the person that he has designed for us to be. So you can't stop every time there's a weakness and just say, I can't do it. You've got you've to turn and say, Lord, teach me. Teach me how to do this. Now, there are probably some things you'll never learn how to do. But... But everything that God has required of you, you can learn how to do if you don't already know how to do it. Say amen, somebody. God, if God has put a call on your life or a purpose in your life, he will teach you how to do those things you don't know how to do. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit came upon Bezalel and he became a carpenter. I don't know if he had ever picked up a hammer before in his life. But after that day, the anointing of the carpenter was on his life. Are you listening tonight? Your, oppor- your weakness is an opportunity to grow. An opportunity to mature. An opportunity to, to become the, the mature believer God has designed for you to be. So let's look at what Paul said. He said he dealt with insult. Next time you get insulted, guess what? That's an opportunity to grow. Do you insult back? Do you walk away and chew on it for two weeks? Or do you say, you know what? This is an opportunity for me to learn how to forgive and love and move on. Next time you're under pressure, and instead of going to a corner and crying and talking about how, how, how much the pressure you're under, you say, you know what? I am strong. God made me for this moment. He made me for this opportunity. And you decide, I'm going to grow. I'm going to do what it takes in order to uh, accomplish the purpose of God in my life. Tell you never, grow up. Now you're insulted, right? So there are hidden benefits to weakness. When Paul ran into weakness, he found an opportunity to see God work. He saw an opportunity to grow. He saw an opportunity to to 
be ministered to by the body of Christ. He saw an opportunity to humble himself so that God could be exalted. Here's the third thing I want to talk about tonight. And that is that in order for you to be able to be made strong out of weakness, you have to tap into the source of strength. Everybody say that out loud. Tap into the source. What is the source of strength? Para poder recibir fuerza desde, desde la debilidad, número tres, uno tiene que uh, adquirir la fuerza de la fuente de la fuerza. The source of strength we find in that verse that everybody knows. The Bible says, I can do all things through Christ. Todo lo puedo en Cristo. What does he do? That strengthens me. Todo lo puedo en Cristo que me fortalece. We see there that the source of strength is Christ. La fuente de la fuerza es Cristo. The Bible uh, in the book of Psalms calls him the Lord my strength. El libro del Salmo del salmista le llama Jehová mi fuerza. My refuge and my strength. Mi, uh, mi refugio y mi fortaleza. The, Nehemiah said it like this The joy of the Lord is my strength Nehemiah dijo El gozo del Señor Mi fortaleza es Listen, you have a source of strength Usted tiene una, fuerza, una fuente de poder Una fuente de fuerza Y es Dios Now if you don't tap that source You will find yourself struggling Against Weakness. But if you will tap the source of strength, you will find yourself being made strong out of weakness. Si usted no, no adquiere uh, 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 fuerza de la fuente de la fuerza, va a encontrar sus debilidades a que lo van a destruir, lo van a, lo van a oprimir. Your weaknesses will dominate your life unless you tap the source. Unless you connect to the source. Of your strength. How many of you have ever connected your cell phone to the charger, but the charger wasn't connected to the outlet? Ever happened to you? I plugged that in. I, it charged all night long, and it's still dead. Why? Because if it's not tapping the source of power, there's no power. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. That means we're connected to him. He's the life. He's the source of life. He's the source of strength. He's the source of power. And you and I need to tap into him and his strength by faith. Tenemos que conectarnos a Dios, a la fuerza de Dios por medio de la fe. That's why your confession is so important. Because when you say, I am strong, you are agreeing with God. You're agreeing with God's word. And you are tapping into the source of divine strength. Now let's go to the book of Judges tonight for an example of what I've been teaching. Vamos a ir al libro de Jueces esta noche para ver un ejemplo de lo que yo he estado um, enseñando. Say, I am strong. Go to Judges, please, chapter 6. Vaya Jueces, capítulo 6.
Uh, if you're sitting at home watching us, I, I need to hear those pages turning too. Let's, let's find Judges chapter 6. Now, verse 11, Now the word of the Lord reads that an angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak that was in Orpha, which belonged to Joash the Abizrite, and his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the wine press in order to save it from the Midianites. All right, let's stop there and look at the condition of this man. First of all, there's two two things I want you to notice here. There is a the mention of a wine press and the beating out of wheat. Está aquí la separación del trigo y una una presa de vino. Now, in the nation of Israel, uh, in la nación de Israel, and you if you visit there and you you'll often or from time to time, someone will mention a threshing floor. De vez en cuando mencionan una, un piso uh, donde se separaba el trigo. Often, most often, probably all the time, a threshing floor is on a hilltop or on a high plain. Casi siempre se separaba el trigo en una loma. You look at the threshing floor of uh, uh, that David purchased for the for the temple was a hilltop. Why? Because in order to separate wheat, you you need wind. Para separar el trigo se necesita el aire, el viento. Así que se iban a separar el trigo en una loma. And almost always a wine press is at the bottom of a hill. Uh, casi siempre uh, uh, eh, la presa de, de de vino está abajo. Uh, de la loma, because in order to, to press wine, you need uh, you need the flow of gravity to get all that all that uh, wine down into uh, the barrels or whatever they're going to collect it in. Now, what we see here is that that Gideon is doing a job that would normally be done up here, down here. Gideon aquí está separando el trigo. Y está haciendo el trabajo que normalmente se haría en la loma, lo está haciendo acá abajo. Why? Because he wants to save it from the Midianites. Porque lo quiere salvar de los Madianitas. The Midianites uh, were Israel's neighbor. They were a terrorist organization, basically, that every harvest would come in and steal the harvest. That'd be one thing if the Midianites came and cut down the wheat and separated themselves, but they waited for Gideon to cut it down, separate it, and then they would take it from them. And so Gideon is doing high work in a low place in order to hide from the Midianites. That's the condition. There's there's a picture here of weakness. Aquí está un retrato de la debilidad. And God is really, by uh, the Holy Spirit inspiring the writer of Judges to tell us that, he's letting us know the condition of the nation of Israel. They're all hiding and trying to, trying to just keep a little bit of their hard-earned work. And in verse 12, the Bible says that the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and said to him, The Lord is with you, O valiant warrior. Dice que se le apareció el ángel de Jehová 
y le dice, Jehová está contigo, guerrillero valiente. And Gideon looked around to see who he was talking to. Now, notice what, what God is doing there. He's confessing over Gideon something that he is not. ¿Qué está haciendo el ángel de Jehová? Está confesando sobre Gedeón algo que él no es. Gideon is not a valiant warrior. But God is going to make him a valiant warrior. Gedeón no es un guerrillero valiente, pero Dios lo va a hacer eso. Come on, you got to get excited about that because that is what God does in a life that will yield to him. Esto es lo que Dios hace en una vida que se somete a él. God will make you what you're not. And there are things God has confessed over your life, declared over your life, that you're not confessing over your life, that you're not, you're not declaring over your life, but you need to. God has said that you are his Son, his daughter, his child. You've got to declare that. I'm a child of God. I'm not God's stepchild. I'm not God's, uh, you know, the little leech that's trying to hang on. I'm his child. And if I'm his son, then I'm an heir. And a joint heir with Jesus. Say amen, somebody. God has declared you're healed. And so you have to declare healing. God has declared that you will that you will prosper. So you've got to declare prosperity over your life. God has declared that you are a light. That you are a, an influential person for the kingdom of God. You've got to walk in that light and declare to be that light. And in this area of weakness... Declare, I am strong. Now, the Bible says that when Gideon hears these words, he says, oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, then what, why has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of the Midianites. Look at how Gideon sees himself. I'm abandoned. I'm weak. I've been given over. And then God makes another confession over him or declaration that doesn't look like Gideon at all. He says, go in this your strength and deliver Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Isn't that just like God? I mean, the man just said, I'm a wimp. I'm beat. I can't fight. I'm abandoned. And God says, go in this your strength. God's not looking at what, what Gideon sees in him. God has a picture of Gideon. God has a, a, a mission, a purpose on Gideon's life. And he says, I've given you strength. God's telling you that tonight. Get up in, your, in the strength I've given you. Fight back against the enemy in the strength I've given you. Say amen, somebody. Don't cower. Don't, don't uh, uh, declare things in your life about defeat and abandonment and, 
and act as though God is against you and that God has forsaken you. You need to rise up in the strength that God has given you. He says, go and deliver Israel. What a, what a, a, a mission. It, it, he doesn't say, go and join an army. Go and be part of it. He says, you go do it. Go get it done. You go deliver Israel. The Lord said in verse 16, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat Midian as one man. You see, there's the source of your strength. Ahí está la fuerza, o, o, la fuente de tu fuerza. El verso 16, Jehová dice, Yo iré contigo. Y esto que vas a hacer, lo vas a lograr como si fueras a un solo hombre. You're not going to do it alone. But I'm going to give you the strength so that it will feel as though you did it alone. As though one man did this. And then he asked God, well, what do you want me to do? Look at verse 25. Now, the Lord tells him what to do. He says, take your father's bull and a second bull, seven years old, and pull down the altar at Baal, which belongs to your father, and cut down the Asherah that is beside it. And build an altar to the Lord your God on the top of this stronghold in an orderly manner. And take the second bull and offer a burnt offering with the, with the wood of the Asherah which you shall cut down. Now, look at the instruction God gives him. He says, go tear down the altars to the pagan gods. This is, this is, it just gets better and better. Because in, in verse 11, he's threshing his father's wheat. And now in, uh, in verse 25, he's gonna, he's gonna slaughter his father's bull. He's picking a fight. And not only is he going to slaughter the bull, but he's gonna tear down the altar to the foreign god Baal, which was built by his dad. Listen. You don't have to understand why is uh, why is my family in this in the situation that it's in, or why is our nation in a situation it's in? His answer to the to the question that he asked in verse thirteen, the question is, where are all the miracles? If you're God, if the Bible is true, where are all the miracles? Why isn't my family seeing the miracles? Why is America in the trouble it's in? Here's the answer. Because you have gods that are not God and you are allowing their altars to stand in your life and your family and in your nation. And God says, I'm calling you to stand up and tear down those altars and tear down those idols. And proclaim the word of the living God. Say amen, somebody. Come on, Kingsway Church. Why is my family in the trouble it's in? Because your family has let in other gods. Why is America in the trouble it's in? Because America has let in other gods. And it takes a warrior, it takes strength to go and tear down the altars. To tear down the wickedness of pagan worship. Now, look at Gideon. It says, verse 27, then he took ten men. I don't know why he took ten men, I guess. 
He figured if I get into trouble, I'll have some help. And then it says, and he did it as the Lord spoke, but he was too afraid to do it on the daytime, so he did it at night. Here's the beauty of that verse. He's afraid. But he's obeyed. He's weak. But he's obeyed. He's walking in the strength that God has supplied. Listen, that's really, tonight, that's the message for you. For me, for every person who's weary in this season, God says, I know you're weak. I know you're weary. I know you're tired. I know you want things to get back to normal. But just forget about that and take every step in obedience to me. You might be afraid, but walk forward. You might be, you might be weak, but walk forward. You've got to move forward to do the thing God has called you to do. He did it at night, but he did it. Say amen, somebody. And now we see God start this snowball of works that he's going to do in the life of Gideon. Because Gideon has begun to find the source of strength. I've got to mention one more because in chapter 7 and verse 2, the Bible says that the Lord said to Gideon, the people who are with you are too many for me. Look at how God is now proving to Gideon this, this point that I've been teaching to you tonight. He's got this vast army and God says it's too many people for me. Why does he say that? Because he says... To give Midian into their hands. For Israel would become boastful. If I let you to go to battle in your own strength. And you win. Then you'll say. My own power has delivered me. You see why God has allowed this, this challenge in your life. Why it has, ha, has come into the life of Paul. Why it's in the life of Gideon. Because he wants the glory not you to get the glory, not me to get the glory. God is jealous for his glory. He says, if I give this army the victory, they'll say we, uh, by our own power, we have delivered ourselves. God is looking for, for Israel to humble itself and to acknowledge my strength is in the Lord. To, to say, when I am weak, then I am strong. So let's stand together tonight. And let's just invite God's grace and power into our situation. I don't know what your situation is. I don't know what the need is or the weakness that you're facing tonight. But you've got to invite God in. Here's the first thing. Let me speak to those people who think, I don't have any weaknesses. I've got it all under control. Listen, until you acknowledge your need for God, 
you can't get any power. Your help will come when you humble yourself before the Lord. And to those of you who say, Pastor, I already acknowledge my weakness. I know where I need strength tonight. Then I'm going to invite you to invite God into that space, into that situation of your life. And just lift your hands to heaven. And just confess it tonight. When I am weak, then I am strong. And just invite him to come into that situation. Just tell him, Lord, I need your grace. I need your power operating in my life. I've done what I know how to do. I've fought how I know how to fight, but I can't, I can't do this on my own. I've got to have your power.